Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Welcome to Season 6 of Queer Teen Podcast. Super excited for you to hear all of my special guests I have on this this season. It'll be every other week because this is, that's just the way it's going to have to be for Anthony's schedule. <laughs> uh, but I'm very excited. But first, here are some really cool podcasts that you just might be interested in. I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah! Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah! Podcast, available through the Upgrade Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, the Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, French, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. All right, here is the first episode of season six. Super excited about my next guest. Um, sit back and enjoy. These queer youth this season are going to be amazing. Take it away. Hi, I'm Kilo. Hi, um, I'm a musical artist and I've done drag for a long time, but I'm a musical artist now and I'm sort of based out of New York, but I've currently moved back to Texas. And so that's where I'm based. Texas. What part of Texas? Dallas, Fort Worth. That's where my dad lives in. Well, he lives in um, Justin. I've heard of Justin. That's a place. It is. Yes. It is a place. <laughs> it is a place. All right. Let's talk about like your journey a little. Like, so, yeah. uh, so we basically tell them where you found me and then we'll talk about that for a second. Okay. So I was basically like trying to like find some blogs to like and podcasts to submit my music to. And so I was just searching like gay music on Google. I was like, who am I going to talk to? That's actually going to want to talk to me. And I just sent out a few emails and I was interested in yours because I was like going through the transnational queer underground. And I was like, oh my God, a queer teen podcast that I barely fit in the age range for. Sounds great. You made it, you made it. You made it. Yes. Made it. Yeah. Usually yeah. I, I stick to 13 to 23 uh, as my Yeah. So. Absolutely. I actually, it's bad because I just turned 24. Don't tell anyone. But when I emailed you, I was 23. It's so okay. <laughs> it's okay. I will not hold that against you. You're a newly. It's all right. I just had to be honest. That's so nice. Now everyone's going to know. Um, oh. 
it's all good. That's okay. I mean, stories are stories. And uh, speaking of, what is your story? You're so you're from Texas originally. Um, I grew up in Texas. I finished like my teenagehood, like my queer story, like my trans, like coming out stuff. Yeah, all, all of it. Everything, anything you want to tell us. All of that sort of happened here in Texas. So I was, I sort of grew up moving around a bit, but once I sort of started to come into myself and realize that I was, I started to accept that I was different was here in Texas, which was strange for me because growing up in the Midwest, um, I should have been like, you'd think that the Midwest is a more accepting place than Texas, but I'm in a like more metropolitan area here and they were actually like openly queer kids at my high school. Um, I actually like have been involved in a lot of like, when I was a teen, I came out pretty young. Um, I came out at 15 cool. as a gay boy. Uh, that was a really, that was an experience. Um, I actually had a relationship, a same sex relationship when I was in high school as well, which was a whole other thing. I remember like not being, feeling safe when I wanted to like hold hands or something like them like that, um, just because the school's climate was not necessarily. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, but I ended up actually helping to start my school's Gay Straight Alliance Club. So I was like starting to become a part of the community from like a younger age. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started to become interested in drag performance. Um, when I was like 19 years old, I actually had someone forced me to do it. They held you down and were like, if you don't they do this. They held me down and put the wig on. And that you will never, you will not have any friends if you don't do this. No, like literally, like, like I had this friend that was like, we know you can dance. So we're going to strap this wig on your head and you're not going to be able to say no. And the funny thing is that this person ended up getting herself kicked out of the club right after we arrived for my first performance. <laughs> and so I was alone. <laughs> Oh, all right. Yeah. How I old were you? I was 19. All right. Um, and you're it like... was one of those places where you can like get axes on your hands if oh, you're like yeah. 21. Yeah. Since you can't drink, but you can perform. Cool. And so I was just basically going to pull through and I ended up performing right at the end of the night. What song? Um, Do you remember? It was Kill Bills Like Hillary Clinton by the Rich White Ladies. Nice. Which was a good choice, I think. Yeah. Kind of. It explains me as a person. That's good. Uh, what and what town was this in? Or what city? This was in Dallas. Da okay, Dallas. Was, I mean, Dallas is a pretty big uh, drag queen. Uh, drag. It was at the Rose Room. If you've ever heard of that venue, I have actually. Yeah. Yeah, they cool. had a talent invited. Cool, awesome. You probably did. You go to high school in Fort Worth? I did. Yeah, I went to um, LD Bell High School. I don't know if you know that high school. But well, my sister went there, and she's your same. You guys are this. You you all are the same age. Oh wow! I think she went there. I mean, there's like a one pretty big, massive high school uh, that has a lot of kids. You guys have like a big class, like a lot of it's kids. It's massive. Right? Yeah. It's like I think it's like maybe two thousand students or something, and it's only three grades. I wonder if you went to the same, that'd be so weird. Her name is uh, Christine Giorgio. I don't know. There was, there were a lot of students. So many so. students. Yeah. And I won't like, say her name. I'll take that up, but um, <laughs> cool. All right. So you, you, you got into the drag scene. Obviously you fell in love with the drag scene. 
um yeah. it is pretty amazing even at 19 because not everywhere you know a lot of times kids can't get into clubs because it's 21 and over um, no, I was very lucky. Yeah, especially in new york i think it's all 21 so um actually i will say that in new york when i was doing drag there over the past year um some of the friends that i made who were performers that grew up in the scene started performing before they were 18 well yeah i mean you know you can sneak in or what happens is it's a, a little time, easier in Brooklyn. I'll say that. And you can go in, do your number and leave. You don't have to stay. So that's exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to stay here. All right. So how do you identify? What are your pronouns? Um, I use she, they pronouns. Um, I like, I've been on hormones for a while. I found like including medical transition in my identity, but that, that's, that doesn't matter. Um, I identify as a trans femme, trans woman, non-binary person, somewhere like there. Cool. And in New York City, when you live, when you are back and you will be back, um, yeah. what you live in Brooklyn and you do the, the you're into the drag scene there. Cause the drag scene there is unbelievable. So. Oh yeah, no, I was, um, I actually hosted a party in January and February at the Rosemont, cool. which was a moment. Um, I really want to get back into it, but I'm even considering not really doing lip sync performances anymore. Lot. Like, okay. So good segue. We're gonna get into your music now. Good segue. Talk. Let's talk a little bit about. So I watched your video, the one oh, song okay. I didn't watch the video, uh, and uh, I was like, well, they must live in Brooklyn because I feel that's the aesthetic they're going. That for. was Brooklyn, and uh, yeah, I knew it. Um, talk about that a little bit, and then t- why music? Why 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 singing? Yeah. So that video was the Batgirl video. I filmed it. Um, in the winter of the pandemic when it was like really bad. Um, when our room was dying and it was crazy and there was all, the world was on fire. Um, I created that song like in a time when everyone was just sort of partying a lot, honestly. Like it was like people mainly in the age range of your podcast that were like at these things, but no, it wasn't. There were like five of us were that age. And then everyone else was in their like late twenties, early thirties. And so it was really interesting because there's some of us who were performers who were younger and because we worked really hard, we were like the few young people in this scene. It helps, it helps. Yeah, it does. Um, But I sort of created that girl as a like, just like a party song. And I I lived in the house that I filmed and with all the graffiti, there's this basement um, that was originally a DIY venue space. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they had like all sorts of parties and concerts there before everything shut down. But because it was COVID, we sort of used it as like a queer refuge during everything. That's cool. And um, can you explain to everybody what that girl is? Oh, that girl. So if you want to know the definition from Urban Dictionary, I should look this up. Um, Considering I wrote a whole song about it. that girl, if you want to know the definition, is a, a woman who um, draws attention to herself in maybe potentially a negative fashion, like being too much, right? Like being that girl. Got it. And I think- Usually were, like I, drunk white girls at a bar. Exactly. Like the drunk white girl who's like flailing around, like crawling on the dance floor. She's that girl. Oh, there's so many. I just experienced I think, some of them. So, it, yeah, it sort of spoke to like the people who were using substance to just like wash away the pain of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why not be that girl? Everyone's dying. But I think that I've sort of 
found a different perspective since I wrote the song. That, I mean, that's the that's good because you're supposed to. You're not supposed yeah. to <laughs> only be in that. Like you know, our any artist that creates any music, if you listen to them, Adele is a great example, right? So like every album is about breaking up and kill, you know, wanting to like jump out a window for herself. But <laughs> but if you listen to it, if you put them all on and just played it in the order that it, which is what it was intended to be played, it's she grows exponentially, and there's so much that happens. And you're not supposed to be the first song you ever made, and you're supposed to be wait. You should be, you know, past that three albums later, uh, you know, or still accepting that that's a part of that was a part of your life so um which is really cool which is why music is great uh so have you always been performing like in performing arts theater anything like that um i actually grew up classically playing the clarinet well you probably should put that into your music at some point (laughs) i don't actually have a clarinet anymore you need Um, to get one that's like a good gimmick that's like punk rock clarinet you know um yeah i mean i I really didn't like it because I, I didn't really have a choice in playing it. I mm-hmm. sort of like, it was a family thing. Like I was like, you are going to play the clarinet because my parent played the clarinet professionally. And so it was like, oh. you do this. And I sort of associated it with um, like some of like my childhood trauma. So it's been like, I did play the clarinet once though, a couple months ago and I can still do it. I. I think there's something there because you can, it can also be a, f- a fuck you to that moment. You know what I mean? Because you don't play the classically classic songs. You play your songs or you play something so obscure, but it's cool on the court. You know? I have to do it. And if you do that, I get 5%. That's cool. I, I <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, no, I played that for a really long time. I, I had the privilege of growing up in a musical family, which is one of the reasons why I'm choosing to like pursue doing music now because I feel like I just got all this musical training yeah. that maybe not everyone gets. And I'm like, why should, why am I not using it? Yeah. Cause you could just, you can create whatever you want. Music is so great. Music, music is math. It's just, it's very, it's this big. It's really small. Literally, you, can, uh, you can make it so it's this small in notes, but it's, you can make it so grand in gesture. So that's uh, what, that's why music is so fantastic and relates to so many people. It's so, incredible. That's why I love being like a producer as well of music uh-huh. because uh-huh. I'm not, just like the person like writing the lyrics as an artist and like singing them. I have spent years honing my skills as a producer as well. That's uh, great. I started in 2016. With That's learning. great. Yeah. Producing's really fun. I think it's, I, it's producing music and art and theater is fun, not producing an event. That's tricky. <laughs> oh, I did that too. That's hard though. I've done a lot. It's horrible. <laughs> It's horrible because, I mean, you know, everyone's like, but there's technology to do all that. I'm like, you still have to do the work. So much work, so much work, so much work. Uh, there's so much promotion work that people don't understand goes into pr- producing so, an event. Like, I pay someone to do mine, so. Uh, <laughs> and they're good at it, you know? So, like, I every few weeks, I, we go in and we do two weeks of, of craziness and then we stop and then, we, you know. Um, all right. So, what is your story with your family? Are your family cool? Um, honestly, not at first. Um Definitely like very religious growing up, not necessarily seeing eye to eye with my identity. Um, but over time, they've slowly, slowly taken little baby steps. That's good. And that's honestly all I can ask for. That's considering it. that there are people who who have much worse situations than me. I'm very happy that I'm like able to speak with them and that they 
try to gender me properly. Um, and they use my name, so. Great. Where'd the name come from? Um, they're from here. Um, like my, like one side of my family is here from like Texas and then the others from, I think, Colorado, yeah. And what, the name that you chose, is this your, this is the name that you, Kilo is your name that you picked. Yeah. Where'd that yeah. come from? Um, so Kilo, um, I mean, I really don't care because people are going to figure it out anyways. Um, but my dead name is Miles. And so I was like, what's the metric version of this? That's actually amazing. No one really does that, by the way. <laughs> what? No one really thinks in those terms of how to get a name. No I one mean, it's that. still kind of my name from the before, but it's just, it's the one that's not the imperial version. That's great. I love it. So the yeah. whole, that's really cool. That's a very cool journey of a name because names are really important. Speaking of, I just had, so I have a question for you and I wasn't going to ask this, but something just recently came up for me and I want to know. I just want to know, I just want to get another opinion. Absolutely. Uh, I work with a great theater company in San Diego. I've had their interviews and we go back and forth and I've done a couple of things with them. Uh, well, I got guests from them. Um, and one thing, they're a queer theater and they do really great stuff. It's been queer since like 19... When it first started in like the early 90s, which is crazy at the, the height of the AIDS epidemic. And they started this theater. And it's all queer artists, queer writers. Everyone's queer. Uh, or at least a letter in the alphabet. So um, they do not ask the kids to um, self-identify. Yeah. And I want, a, a, I want some of these kids to come on uh, for my next season. Uh, they do a really cool like... Um, like a really cool cosplay like workshop thing it's really cool okay so what do you think about that like in a, in a queer space in a very comfortable space not asking the kids to self-identify which they don't i don't care if they do but where do we start to like give a space for that like where do we like where do you think we like where, when is the point like if they're 14 or 15 like are they I don't know if they say that they don't have to self-identify or if it's just not a thing that ever comes up. Like, I, they, I don't know, like, that part. Um, but where do you think, like, kids should start to feel comfortable to really take ownership of their identity and be like, this is who I am, and if you don't like it, fuck off? I mean, I think that a person at any age should be able to do that. If a person is x age and they decide this is who i am this is what i want you to address me as who am i to say at any there, there's a certain age where you know right because we've seen like especially like transness and like people who realize that the gender that they are is the gender that they are sometimes there's people who like from the moment that they can speak are like hey i'm a girl or i'm a boy right like age five six seven and then, of course, we see people who are older than that. Like, I don't think that there's a cut and dry age. Right. I think that maybe, like, I think that that's just apply all the time. You don't have to, no one should have to self-identify necessarily. Great. Maybe that's a little radical, but like, that's no, sort of my... It's, we're, we're, you know, we're at the, the precedence 
press of the space of um this transition like which language is really starting to evolve in such a fast way a lot of people hate it a lot of people love it and there's people in the middle that could care less um, because yesterday was uh international non-binary day um and it's just interesting to see the opinions of people i'm like but what does it matter to you but it does matter to them because if i went up to you and i was like to a, a cis male person if i was like hey girl what's up girl how you doing girl they wouldn't like it. Not even the slightest. Maybe not. Probably. There's got to be some context there. Like, you know, that's like, it's that, especially when it comes to like culturally, like the way that like the community speaks to what like itself mm-hmm. and communicates. I think that there's got to be like, like, what would it be? The setting is important. The setting is important, you know, and I, and I don't actually think we have enough setting for it. Like, I don't actually think we have enough environments for it. We have lots of organizations that do a lot of cool, especially for youth. They do not, there's not enough. There's not enough. Across the board for youth because for some reason in people's minds, it's even, even in the queer community, they don't feel it necessary, especially the people that are older. Like they run all these programs inside of an adult program. Like they have teen programs, but they don't have anything that's just like teens. And I know teens in general, it doesn't matter who you are, how you self-identify from Teens are teens, right? So like, we're gonna do our thing. There's hormones, there's things kicking in, uh, there's smells, there's, there's the environment. And then on top of that, if you are like, well, I am not a man, I am a woman, or I am this, or I am that. Like at like, you start to realize that at like 10 or 11, there's that too. So like, I'm not saying that they're, gonna, they're not gonna kick back because teens kick back. You know, you're growing up, you're gonna get, adults kick back. but. There's not enough. I don't, I think there's too much caution too sometimes. I know I hate saying that, but I think there's way too much caution in this whole idea of sexuality in general. Even, I mean, America, especially. Um, I think it hinders the environment sometimes. I totally agree. Yeah, no, I think that, um, especially when it comes to like school, which is what I was thinking of as you were speaking about this. Like I, when I was growing up, um, there was actually a queer like youth organization in Dallas that was like for the ages of 13 to eight, 17, I think 18 um, that served was sort of like a social space where you could go and like, they'd have to give you pizza and they would be like, let's talk about whatever educational thing. And the kids who went to that organization, which is sort of in downtown Dallas, like they were going out of their way to go seek this community out. Whereas like, because the area is so big. Huge. It's huge. Um, most people who are like teenagers who are out wouldn't go to this. Like, so the people who ended up in this, like, I think that finding community like and spaces where you can be among other like alphabet people. Um, I like the term alph- alphabet people, by the way. It's, I think it's fun. I like uh, that term too. I, I <laughs> yeah. started saying it is because it is the alphabet. You can be whatever. I know there's so many letters at this point. Um, I think that the the biggest failure for queer students is the lack of um, spaces in schools. Yeah. Well, and the lack of education about LGBT in general, of course. Exactly. Um, and then they feel it not necessary to put like a, a LGBT, like a queer group, like in middle school, but they're like, why do I have to wait to high school if there is one? And then when I am in high school, it's like, uh, sometimes it's good sometimes it's not sometimes a teacher it's like 
it's so interesting because some school that I talk to, like, you know, there's 25 to 30 kids. Some school that I talk to, there's yeah. like five kids. Um, obviously, it's scary for kids in certain parts of the states and in the world in general. Um, but there's not, a, there's not enough education. If we just got educated, literally starting at like kindergarten, if you just started getting educated all the way up through junior high, high school, trust. Just trust that it will. What would the world even look like? Oh, it would be. Amazing. And it's totally transforming anyways. That is happening. Like in the state of New Jersey, we passed the curriculum. Um, I worked with my friend started. She's the one that actually my friend Kate. She's the one that brought that up, went to legislation. We started writing the programming um, and now we have pilots for it. So it gets into the system probably by next year, maybe the year after that to fully get in. in, in Because obviously there's backlash, but I don't of care. Of course, like, there's always that. There's always backlash. There was backlash so, for white people and black people to be in the same room at the same time. So it's like, uh, and that's, you know, and um, no one died. I mean, they did die for that. But I mean, yeah. like, no one really had to die or anything. because No they, one's going to die because kindergartners are learning about gay people. No. No. Nope. Not at all. Um yeah so i just i just today something came up and it's a good thing that i come up because it always keeps me on my toes and i just wanted to get another opinion and i like that it's just good uh all right so music growing up in texas my husband grew up in texas too he grew up in lubbock oh lubbock yeah well it's sort of like lubbock florida for five seconds back to and then colorado and then basically no back to texas and then i think back to colorado for the, like the last two years of high school and then to colorado for the last two years of high school so uh they had an interesting and they just wanted to get out they were like i gotta go i can't be around these people i gotta bounce that's and what it, i did last year yeah it's pretty yeah i mean i it's yeah so my dad who lives in texas i'm with my stepmother and my adopted sister and then i have a half sister um they are they are religious they're not mean to me by any means they came to my wedding it's not not a thing but they are super religious but everyone i meet at the church is pretty cool um they're not a mega church they're actually literally a very small tiny church that i'm surprised they even survive and have the ways to keep going um but i would love to just talk to them i don't know that's i did a whole season last season of that i talked to a lot of like religious queer out people around the world and um yeah i'm always fine with because if you're gonna say that's the thing then fine let's talk about it let's put it on the table i mean honestly it's fascinating like with like belief and queer people and like there's a lot of trauma slash like people who like hold to what they were taught before like they more self-actualize their identities mm-hmm. like it's really fascinating like it is I- you grew up religious you said right your parents did yes I did. What faith? Um, like definitely like Baptisty. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, not necessarily denominational, but like they sort of did their own thing, and okay. so I it was more so like in the home. Like they had their like this is what we think, oh. and they didn't necessarily like subscribe to like what a church was saying completely. They'd be like, oh, I agree with this part of the, whatever the pastor, preacher or whatever is saying, but maybe not this part. And so they were critical thinkers as they were going to church. So that was really interesting growing up. That is interesting. Um, but I mean, that's, I, you know. 
it was kind of funny because when I was very young, I think I was maybe six, seven, I have a distinct memory of being in church and suddenly thinking, who made God? And I actually started to tell other kids in Sunday school, I was like, so did you ever think about like, who made God? Like, and they, all the other kids were kind of like, you know what? That's kind of weird, you're right. And we were like seven. And the Sunday school teacher started to like freak out. And then I remember past that point, I didn't really get to hang out with any of the other kids because I was known as the little like questioner. And the other parents would sort of look at me and be like, oh, that's, that's the one. <laughs> so stupid. It's true though. Who made God? I mean, it was a valid question. I was it like, still is a valid question. Like, I mean, you know, it's a construct, if anything. I'm not, I, you know, I think, I think everyone has like, is godly, like the, the trees and the dirt and the earth and the sun and the moon. That's and all a different this. conversation. It is, right? So that's, that's how I approach it. That's how we both, me and my husband both approach it. I don't, I go to Unitarian Universalist church. So we're definitely. Yeah, I know. But like. Sun and moon and stars. But yeah. Um, but it's yeah. Like, so who made God? You know? I know. Like it was just like a really interesting thing. But I don't even saw aliens, but that's just me, but whatever. Uh, aliens are fun. Absolutely. Yes. We love aliens. All that yeah. stuff could have happened because of aliens. I'm just saying. Just saying I need the UFO documentaries. I also talk about they- fish because fish are fascinating. Everyone gets all up in arms when people are trans and they, they're like, oh, why are they changing their sex? I was like, well, not, they're not well, there's like their appearance. Well, they also doing- change sex. Like just, they just sort of do it like in 30 minutes and then there's a fish that has has literally impregnated themselves and has their own babies so i don't know why everyone freaks out about the human race when there are fish i'm telling you i need to just do a whole podcast i bring it up every it's just time. The nature nature has the answers nature has a right. lot of gay- gayness did you ever go to the sex museum in nyc i did not it was closed i think whenever when i was you go there. back um uh-huh. you should go because there's a whole animal section and it's about like gay animals <laughs> Yes, I need um, to go. Um, all know. right, so a little, so all of that, just a great story. It's, it led you to New York City and now you're back home, but you'll be back. And what have you been doing yeah. in Texas? Huh? What have you been doing there? Oh, honestly, I've sort of like, I'll just be real honest. Um, in like March, April, May, like I was just like not finding the right roommates because I feel like what's happening right now with like people like right in my age range is there's a lot of like instability mm-hmm. because people spend so much time with like this like same group of roommates during the pandemic where they were locked up with each other and tensions got to a point where like there's been a lot of fights that I've been seeing recently online like huh. just in general it's really strange I don't know what's going on I think that people are just sort of realizing that now that the world is opening up, they don't have to be friends with the same two people for their entire lives. And then they maybe even are starting to see that these people aren't someone that they want to be friends with or live with. Okay. Um, and so there's been a lot of self-determination where like I've been seeing people be like, like, especially on TikTok, especially on TikTok, people are like, I just moved to a new city. Fuck all these people. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, sorry. But say um, everyone. Okay, cool. Um, they're like, fuck all these people that hurt me or whatever in this abusive XYZ situation. And then they'll 
move on. And so I've sort of like dealt with my own versions of that um, throughout the pandemic. And I was like, I'm leaving this apartment. I'm not gonna live here anymore. I'm not gonna have to put up with this anymore. Um, I just really like, I just, I couldn't do it. I really don't wanna talk about it, but I had to leave and I didn't really have anywhere to go for like the in-between period. And I had friends here in Texas so I wanted to visit as well. So I came back for a little bit. But yeah, honestly, I think that that's also one of the things too, is like the That Girl video. Like I'm bringing this like I'm kind of stuck in. Like, Do it, that I was gonna bring it back that, anyways. Oh, that song that I created um, in that time, um, I was just like going to play graves, if I'm gonna be completely honest. Like if I wanted to find the term play grave, it was like, Parties that definitely had more people than there should have been at them. Okay. Um, and I, I'm just like talking about it because I didn't really care like to like be alive <laughs> at that time because mm-hmm. a lot of people were like dealing with mental health issues, um, especially around when there's that stuff going down the Capitol with the election getting all yeah, whatever the election was. Um, a lot of us were just sort of like disillusioned with the world and didn't care if COVID found us because we didn't know whether or not we're going to get a vaccine. Everything was so uncertain. And because our jobs that we'd been relying on for money before the pandemic were in nightlife, that was just completely obliterated. Right. So it was like, do you want to go outside and perform on a freezing back patio and potentially make some money? Or do you want to like not have a job? And so in order to keep people coming out to our shows, we sort of had like somewhat legal after party things that would happen after the bars closed just to keep people interested and excited to come to the show. So I was in the, by the way, throughout the winter performing outside. Last night. It was really cold this winter too. Like, it was. Really cold. It was a pretty like on record, one of the high, like coldest winters and, and winter received winters. It's like the world was ending essentially. It was on fire. It was freezing. It was like everybody was dying. Everybody was depressed. The, the, yeah, I guess so, one of the highlights was we got rid of that piece of shit. So for now, anyway. That's very true. Yeah. Like, I mean, we when, I, when that happened, we literally had a party for it. Like who, yeah. everyone was partying after that. Like how could we not? Right. Uh, but that's when I wrote the song, That Girl. And the reason I'm tying it back is because that sort of ties into why I'm here in Texas right now. Um, Because in the song, I'm sort of like, I'm just gonna do every drug that's on the floor. I'm just gonna drink everything. I'm just gonna do it all. Mm -hmm. Like that's, cause that was my mentality at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't really care. And that basement that you saw the music video in, there would be parties where people would come down and leave a bunch of empty white claw cans and they wouldn't pick up after themselves. I was the only person that cleaned that stuff. Um, I had to clean up after everyone. It was awful. But I would get to the point where I would just go down there to the basement and look for like half empty cans of White Claw. And I would just pour them all together into a mug. And I would just drink it. Because <laughs> I didn't care about getting COVID. Like that's, that's the, the level of depression that I was at. That's the low that I was at. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the musical artist named Sophie. Uh, do tell. Okay. She's like a 
electronic music producer. She died on February 1st. She I actually do know fell. that. Yeah. Yeah. She she fell she off fell. A cliff yeah. Freaked. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy story. It's crazy. But she's one of my like biggest inspirations and I, I love her music so much. And so when that happened, I had been partying that hard the whole time before she passed. And on that day, I ended up having basically a mental breakdown. I like cried for hours. Like I was just like losing it. Cause that was like the one thing that pushed me over the edge. I think after all the election shit, Fair enough. after everything. And the best part about me starting to break down on that day is that we had a new roommate moving in. Oh, God. Who was a psych student. Great. And so he started like self, like he started like psychoanalyzing me and diagnosing me and ended up helping me like stop doing like drugs. So that was cool. Um, but then start to take things a little too far. And that's when I like split. And so I lived in a couple different apartments after that place, but mm-hmm. none of them really worked. And so I ended up coming back to Texas. So I'm going to be living alone. And Texas you can. <laughs> In Texas, you can for a while. Now, do you want to stay? Now, actually, this is good because you now. Okay, that's a quite the story. I love it. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. It's pretty interesting because everyone everyone has just their own thing, and actually, I haven't heard anyone's side of the story like that. I've heard a lot of the sides of the stories, but that was that was this I will say is the most layered and colorful of them all, um, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, but I'm glad you got out of that because that is not a good place to be. So nope. this is a much better place to be, clearly, I hope. But that's the that girl journey. It's the that, that girl journey. That is that is that girl. I mean, that's, I think that's that girl and more. Um, so that's good. I mean, are you now, so what do you want to do? Do you want to, you're in Texas. Um, do you want to uh, just write more? Or what do you, what's your, what's your now? What's oh. Your thing? oh, yeah, no, I've been writing this whole time. Um, cool. Like I've been um, recording the other day. I actually recorded eight songs. Oh, um, oh, so you're really going for it. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. As a, as an, a full, fully conceptualized album or just individual tracks? Just like... um, I'm planning on doing an album in the fall. Okay. Yes. Um, cool. I, I'm maybe doing like maybe a couple more like songs like individually or maybe some sort of like, couple like maybe two or three at once or something i don't know um but i have songs that are like pretty much ready right now that i could like if i decided to i could just go to the behemoths of spotify and apple music and be like here you go yeah um but i'm really kind of just focusing on making sure like the music is good right now like and like i'm happy with it because i worked with a producer a little bit on that girl I produced the original track um, and then one of my friends in New York ended up getting on there and producing a bit on top of it. And um, I actually recorded the vocals in one take. So that was cool. Yeah. But uh, I'm just, I'm really trying to make it quality because I feel like with drag artists who sort of make the foray into music, there's a, a hesitancy from the music industry to respect them as musical artists and not just like, mm-hmm comedians yeah uh, yeah and drag race does this weird ping pong game with that it just does this yeah. weird yeah everyone's like it's so commercial i go yeah but if you literally want to have a career 
and be known and tour and do all those things. You have to be on that side. And that's just part of it. Now you can have an amazing team for that side too. You can like gather yeah. people up. You can be commercial as much, but you want to trust your team um, and have a yeah. bunch of people that you can rely on and you just go do your work and be fabulous. Um, so this is, that's that weird game. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to um, Columbus, Ohio has the most amazing drag scene of all places there's a place called daddy's and we experienced a couple uh, about a week ago and we didn't know what we were going to walk into and uh we had been in, so we had an event for the work that i do with my husband they are golden girls um impersonators and we have a uh, musicals that we do and we tour and we do oh. um and we threw we held a private event and at that private event two of the three of the queens came but two of them that we were going to go see came to that event already like decked out because they're going to go to their gig uh and so we went to that oh my god it's like if you took a ton of talent like under like the underground raunchy brooklyn scene and put it in columbus ohio at a place called daddy's and it was so good and everybody in there was these gender fuck like aliens that i was obsessed with and i had no i mean of all places i was like where are we what is happening and this one performer who I can't remember the name um, performed an original piece of music that was so captivating and so it was sort of like they kind of was like Gaga meets Got Mick meets fuck you to the rest of the world. <laughs> like it was really cool. And I, they were just so mind blowing in Columbus. In Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Just so, like, I need yeah. to go because like honestly one of the plans that I'm thinking of like post like New York-ish, is I'm, have you, are you familiar with van life? People van like life. going to live in their vans. Yeah, oh, and, like, yeah, yeah. Them. Absolutely. I'm like, I was thinking of renovating a van and doing like a drag tour. Yeah, I uh, miss, um, someone just did that. She literally had a pop-up tent that popped up in the back of her t- thing, put yes. up her stage and did I need to find her online. Yeah, so like- look up Daddies in Columbus, Ohio. I'm telling you, it is it's unreal it needs to happen performance yeah. art it was like sasha Valor like dumped her kids there that's what it looks like. that's what it was like they literally okay shipped. so i need to go yeah. um where's my flight i need to go to columbus ohio thank exactly. you like goodness yeah. well you're a, a being and i love it and it's so cool and i'm glad we connected and um tell so i usually ask two two last things yes. first uh where can i find you um, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. It's at Kilo High, spelled key, like a, an actual key, but a, a door, low, space, high. And I actually switched from Kilo, spelled like K-I-L-O, to Kilo, spelled that way, because sometimes people would call me Kylo, like Kylo Ren. And I was over that. I did not associate. Do you know what, do you know what I associated with? Music. Like a key, low. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh that's, my god. That's the way I literally associated that name. That's why I thought I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's really clever." Thank you. I, I also think it's like low key in reverse. That too. All the things. It's a lot of things. Um. Um. And you are, and I. Everyone should be a lot of things. It's just, you're that girl. <laughs> <laughs> that girl. See, bringing it back I, again. Can I show you the tattoo, by the way? Yeah. 
I'm here. I tattooed myself. That girl. Oh, nice. You did that yourself? Um, yeah. So I had like in, I think I did show, had some footage in the music video. Oh, you did? I, yeah, you literally, that's right. I saw that. And at the end of the video, you're like, ha ha ha, we did it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, I had this friend that was actually a licensed tattoo artist. So there was a real person yeah. that did tattoos that was there. So and cool. she, uh, I asked her, I was like, oh my God, my music video, I'm going to tattoo myself. And she was like, I better be there so you don't fuck it up. Um, so I did the lettering. And cool. then one of my um, like girls in the scene did this the circle around the lettering. And then the professional tattoo artist did a little swiggle. But that's sort of what the cover art is as well as the tattoo. And I wanted to just be dramatic. So Drama's good. Uh, and now, lastly... What are some words of wisdom for my queer youth and listeners in general? Uh, for your for your listeners in general and for queer youth, honestly, um, know that at any time you can self, like you have self-determination as one of your superpowers. That's what my advice is. At any time you can just pick up and decide, you know what, I'm this. And that doesn't have to apply to identity. I think that can apply to anything. Like, if you decide that you wake up one day and you want to be a, a pastry chef, or if you want to be a musical artist, or if you want to be a whatever, like, and I think it's like, people will say this on interviews a lot. Like, I've noticed that some, like maybe artists, like you can be anything, you can do anything, but I think it runs deeper than that. Like, no one can stop you from deciding you are something. And that's my message. Thank you so much for that fantastic chat. Oh, I get so excited when I talk to queer youth from all over the world. And I'm glad you all stayed and listened. And hopefully somewhere in there, in these conversations I'm having and hearing these truths, you find your truth, whatever that is. It could be anything. Um, Just be your queer, authentic self and spread it all over the world fairy dust and pixies and pixie whatever just do it thank you so much uh just a friendly reminder i'm still uh i'm still promoting my patreon if you want to become a patreon a patron of the podcast just go to patreon.com forward slash queer teen podcast five dollars goes a long way so exciting also i am attending draguton Dragutant this year in Denver, Colorado. If you don't know anything about Dragutant, it is a basically drag con for queer teens who are drag queens and or who want to perform and be fabulous. It's fantastic. I'm super excited to attend it. I'm going to talk to a bunch of queer youth that are going to end up on this season. Um, it's just super, super exciting. And as always, visit queeruniverse.org your one-stop shop for all things queer and loving. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.